Dear Lord, we're grateful uh, on a today where we think precisely, devoutly, maybe piously about your son's death and resurrection. We'd ask that you would give us sensible intentions about our Christian lives because of it. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Now, as you probably noticed, as if you look at your phone occasionally, during the, what they call the Holy Week, um, Christians start, you know, pounding, and even some non-Christians start pounding the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ and all sorts of Edifying things, things not so edifying. Um, you got Holy Wednesday, you got Monday, Thursday, you got Good Friday, you got what well, we covered last night was Holy Saturday, and then today, Easter. Some of you went through Lent. It's hard to dodge. It's probably louder at Easter than it is at Christmas. You get Advent and something else, Christmas. Here you got some really highly charged religion. That's the birth of our, you know, when you celebrate the birthday of somebody, it's because you honored them, not the birthday so much. But this is the, the key element in our religion, his death and his resurrection. So it's incumbent, you, you, you find yourself staring at a lot of Christian material, sometimes even Bible passages. And I think Sometime during the week, somebody on my computer, at Sunday school, going upstairs. Somebody on my computer had mentioned, or I saw the phrase uh, out of Matthew 20, and st stuck in my head. So I, it, it was a portion of Matthew 20, you kind of know the verse that the Son of Man came not to be, not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Great passage, great. You know, it lands on you with hobnail boots. It's Jesus one more time telling his disciples, this is what I'm doing. I'm not having it done to me, I'm doing this. So I, yesterday, I had to do sermon prep yesterday because of the church breakfast. And so I was looking at Matthew 20. And as I was pulling up this and it's a matching passage in Luke 22, I was looking for the preceding um, context. And it's all pushed up against the, the passion narrative. Matthew 20, Luke 22. Luke 22, it's right on top of, it's during the Lord's Supper. So I said, yeah, this is going to be apt. The saints will be open to this. They might not be able to say, Evan, you just can't manage to be topically adequate. I said, look, it's Easter. I've got kind of an Easter passion narrative in there. But Matthew 20, verse 17, right there at the top, says, and Jesus, as Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the 12 disciples aside, and on the way he said to them, behold, 
we are going up to Jerusalem. <laughs> you hear about that family that decided to have the child not say, look, Father, but behold. You might want to try that. Have you? Behold, Father. They'll take your child, you know. Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem. And the Son of Man will be delivered to the chief priests and scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles to be mocked and scourged and crucified. And he will be raised on the third day. Now, those idiots, the 12, the 12 dwarves, I don't know what they are. They're all sleepy, 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 and sleepy. It's, uh, they're not. Can you imagine? Do you ever say to yourself, I wish Jesus had just said it straight sometimes. I'm going to go over here. They're going to kill me. I'm going to be raised from the dead. And he happens to him, and he goes, what? You know, those of you who are Jordan Peterson followers, you've probably watched that last video where he is in a state of emotional te you know, tears about the Christ. Because basically for Peterson, it's this. This is the guy it really happened to. It's not a myth about Tammuz. It's not a myth about Osiris. We know this happened to this guy. Under the Romans, Tacitus mentions it. Christ was crucified under Pontius Pilate. And he says it. This is, this is the moment. A clarity about the thing we worship, believe, get forgiven by. And he's laying it out for his disciples and as they're going towards Jerusalem for this circumstance. Then the mother, this is what's interesting about it. The reason I had this, these initial verses like, ta-da! And you get your Easter your moment on. And then the mother of the sons of Zebedee, let this be a warning to you mothers. It is not the most sainted role in history. You're idiots. And the mother of the sons of Zebedee was right up there. Jesus has just said, okay, I'm going to go over here. They're going to kill me. I'm going to be raised from the dead, okay? And she says, hold it, hold it just a second, Lord. My sons, can they be like positions of power? With her sons and kneeling before him, she asked him for something. And he said to her, what do you want? And she said to him, command that these two sons of mine may sit, one at your right hand and one at your left in your kingdom. Got to strike while the iron's hot. Opportunity, the slots are probably not filled yet. These things are not working out. I got sons. They'll be better than the other sons of the, that are also disciples of Jesus Christ. It's amazing. It is amazing, though we're hip deep, maybe armpit deep in Jesus dying this week, armpit deep in Jesus being uh, <clears throat> sacrificed for our sins, then descending into hell and being raised on the third day, ascending into heaven. We got all that going. A lot of cartoons about the stone rolled away and how 
lockdowns weren't working for Jesus, and the Christians are strangely edified because not just our mother's idiots, but Christians are idiots. Because we, we can look right at it. The verse can stare us in the face, and we will go over here and try to build up our family's position. Can it be my son's? Now, let's just be honest with you. I have some grandsons here. <laughs> no, I don't want to push them forward or anything. Just, just They're better than your grandsons. So most of you don't have grandsons. But These guys, Cyrus and Alexander, named for great kings. That's a temptation, right? Your kids. You know, back in the good old days, back when harems were a thing, the wives in the harem would murder the children of other wives of the king to make sure. i gotta got to carve a path for your son. Now, the mother of the sons of Zebedee, not quite so immoral. She wants the kingdom of Christ, but she wants her sons. And Jesus answered, you do not know what you're asking. Now, the memorable verse, if you look down there on the lower left-hand side, he said to her, what do you want? I, I like that, that the scriptures leave that phrase in there. Here comes the mom of the sons of Zebedee. Remember, this is James and John, the sons of thunder. Now, Jesus loved John above the other disciples. I mean, they, they, obviously good relationship. James gets killed right at the beginning of Christianity, martyred. John lasts into the 90s. We don't know. He died naturally, I think. Kind of weird for an apostle. But they had a reputation. They're walking into their role in the kingdom of God with a certain and you can see where they got it. Mom is just this way. I don't know if they were called the sons of thunder because dad was thunder. Uh, Zebedee himself. You do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? They said to him, we are able. He said to them, you will drink the cup. That, um, you will drink the cup, the, my cup and to sit at my right hand and my left are not mine to grant. But it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my father. Now the Mark, Mark account of this is in Mark 10. Uh, adds, I have a baptism to be baptized with. Are you able to be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? They also claim in the affirmative. The conversation goes on there. The same after that. What I wanted you to be thinking about this morning is not merely that our Christ died was buried and was raised, but how he was killed, buried, and raised. Because 
the example of our Lord, since he was not victimized in his murder, in his killing, in his death. He gave himself up to death. We might want to think about whether we are imitating our Lord like we ought to imitate our Lord. So that Easter becomes something kind of thematically we're about. Now, you can't die for the sins of your fellow man. You're not pure yourself. But is there something that you can imitate Christ in? Now, it's easy for you to see our human urges available to us in the church or in the Christian ministry, the kingdom. Getting ahead, getting notable, getting names attached, uh, titles. The Right Reverend Evan Wilson. I like the sound of that. The Right Reverend. Because although it's a, I, there's the very reverend, the most reverend, the right reverend, um, it's like a vice admiral, you know. Um, but Right Reverend. Because that suggests that I'm right. And I am. We like titles. We like titles. And if you got a PhD, I don't know, some of you are different. I hope that you wouldn't be this way, but some people just cannot not be called doctor. Now it's doctor. There's Dr. Cheng right there. This is just the right reverend. Very reverend, most reverend. But I'm not even a reverend. I'm not even an honest professional pastor. Didn't even go to professional school. But we find in all situations, and the church, no different. The church is where it gets icky. The professions, no. You've got to be able to do the profession. They have means of really actually getting at whether you know what you're talking about. Christianity offers us a path to power that mom Zebedee, Mrs. Zebedee, looking out for her sons, wanted to get them at the right and left hand of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine that? There's Jesus, but look, it's the two, the Zebedeans over there, James and John. What Man, what a, her mom must be really proud. And yes, she would be. And sometimes when we're shooting for those moments of glory, I'd, I'd attach that to things like the pride of life. The pride of life is where, where do you fit as how important are you? Well, you know how important you are by how many people are under you, right? When I made petty officer third class, and I've told you about this before, my short four years of the Navy, I made petty officer third which is the Navy's way of telling you, you are nothing. Now, there are ranks below that. Yeah, airman, airman apprentice. But E-4 was petty officer third. And they, the Navy, unlike the Army, the Army goes things like, you know, um, specialist and uh, they're very more complimentary, special sergeant. You're nobody. You're still a, just nobody. But they say sergeant or specialist. The Navy goes, no, you're a petty officer. A petty, you know, like really insignificant. Oh, and I, I was forgetting, third class. There is a second, and there is a first, and there is a chief, 
and there is a master chief, and then there is a super chief. You are third class petty officer, Evan Wilson. But I had people under me. Felt pretty good. Felt pretty good. The temptation, even you're walking the wilderness of Palestine with Jesus Christ. Your sons, you notice, mom, you're listening, your sons, everybody's sons are getting along with Jesus pretty well. They seem to be buds. They seem to like each other. Well, let me put a word in here. He's talking about like something important is coming up, but we can set that aside for right now. We're going to ask for a little position in advancement. Jesus said, yeah, it's not mine to give. Are you willing to go through what I'm going through? Oh, you bet. We'll do anything. What's that line, line by Meatloaf? Do anything for love, but I won't do that. You guys are not trained in the classics, obviously. <laughs> now, they're willing to suffer because when he says to drink the cup that I am to drink, you know the reference, right? A few pages later in Matthew 26. Where does that say that? Uh, Matthew 26. And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Great moment. You recognize it. He says, I have a cup to drink. Are you willing to drink the cup? And they said, yes. He said, okay. How about a baptism? With the Holy Spirit and with fire, are you ready to be baptized with that? Yes. People who want to get ahead in the business of religion, there are paths, even in the true religion, that you can have the standing or the where you're like the Christ in his martyrdom. And I can remember back in Jesus' people days, we were always imagining that the great persecution was going to happen and you'd have to say, you think you would deny Jesus? And everybody, you know, prayerfully considerate, you know, no, I don't think I would. And these guys are, these guys are sons of thunder. They're, they're, they're committed. They're committed. Mom's committed. They're committed. We'll do all the things. We'll do all the things. He says, it's not mine to give. It's been prepared for somebody by my father. We're going to get into that in a moment. Do you have things in your mind that you would do happily in this religious company where you could... Uh, be advanced by it, such a thing. I don't know what the list is. I can probably think of them when I was younger. <laughs> but if this has been for those who are, it is prepared, for whom it is prepared by the Father. I always like that. <clears throat> it's not that, you know, it says, when you go to a feast, do not take the spot up at the head. 
He doesn't say because there is no spot at the head or it's not right for people to be unfairly treated. It's just not yours to take. He doesn't say to <clears throat> Mrs. Zebedee and the two boys, no, this is, all, this is Christianity. We're all things. We're all together. It's no I in team. He says, no, that's for somebody else. <laughs> Whoever God has prepared it for, you schmucks. No, that position is open to somebody at the right. Is it you? 2,000 years on, we got maybe another 10,000 years before the world comes to a crashing end. And meanwhile, you have the opportunity, you have the same chance to run at this job opportunity. This glory moment, you sort of thought that St. Paul had edged you out. Maybe C.S. Lewis, maybe it's C.S. Lewis or St. Paul. It might not have been. If it's not James and John, it might not be C.S. Lewis or St. Paul. Those guys were apostles. And their mom asked. You can't refuse a mom. He says, no, it's for whom it's prepared. Suddenly, the rest of the crowd knows what's going on. The other members of the 12. And when the 10, minus James and John, heard it, they were indignant at the two brothers. Man, they got in before me. Where's my mother when I needed my mother? Mrs. Zebedee was always sort of hanging around, looking out for her boys, maybe making them lunches before they go off on conferences or missions. The others, they said, well, you took opportunity in this. The indignance is that hold it, this whole thing of getting ahead. They're reminded by Christ's remark that it is for someone. The positions of glory, the positions of dignity, yes, they exist. Jesus Christ is Lord of all, and somebody's going to sit at his right hand and somebody at his left. How do you feel about that? If all it took was picking up a few more folding chairs after the church breakfast for your sanctity to be proved, would you do it? What, what, are you, what are you going to do? Are you able to drink the cup? Be baptized with the baptism? Anything religious? Just there for the asking? Now, the Lord knows when... Remember, he's been approached. He just told them what the important thing was. I'm going to die. I'm going to be raised. And they go, hold on. No, we got some other things to settle out here, Lord. What about positions, offices, you know, standing? He says, no, it's not that mine to give. The Father has that set up for who's going to get it. And everybody jumps in on that point, and there's kind of a kerfluffle, a little chaos, a little relationship problem in the twelve. So Jesus calls them together in verse 25 and said, you know, now listen to this, what just happened, that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And their great men exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you. So... 
all of a sudden, the standards change. It's not can you drink the cup? Can you be baptized with? A lot of people would line up for that kind of, I'll go through the pain, I'll go through the martyrdom, I'll go through the whatever bits of devotion I will show you so I can get ahead. And he said, no, that's not, about, that's not how it works. There is the ahead. He's admitted the positions are open. He admissions it's prepared for somebody. He's now telling you what the preparation is. Lording it over, exercising authority, is not the thing. Now, somebody's got it. Mom and dad got it. The authorities of your town have got it, your state, your day. The Gentiles have authorities. They need it because they have no natural guide to their decision-making. Your children are dumb as a stump, and they need to have you making decisions. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. Well, hello. Different cup to drink. Different baptism to be baptized with. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Ow. That sort of spoils the whole thing that Mom Zebedee was about because she wants her sons at the right and left hand because the right and left hand are lifted up. They're the head of the table. They're the places of power. They are the authorities. They are the lords. Now, I don't doubt that James and John are greatly honored by Jesus Christ in glory because they did give themselves. But this is where they're still learning, probably young, younger than all of you here. This shall not be so among you. This is what we are called to be like. We're called to try to make this the case. This is the, this is the nature of the atonement and the resurrection as it clicks in you. You had the effect of it when you ex had faith in it. Your faith in it. God said, okay, you pursue, pursued Jesus Christ and God and God's grace evidenced in Christ has healed you but now you're going to learn something from Christ. He says, you must be servant and slave and exemplar, verse 28, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. This wonderful passage about the atonement of Christ and why he gave himself to die is also there as an example to you that you would live inside Christianity this way so that the blessing of God, that the seats of honor might be open to you. It is to get ahead. It's just not so tacky. It's not, you know, it's, it's not having your mom go ask for the, can my son be the captain of the football team? When you ask for the position of power, when you take the highest seat at the banquet, it's not because you don't want the highest seat that you take the lowest seat, but you want to be given. You want to be moved up. You want to be recognized by your master and said, oh, we can move you up. But you take the lowest seat because you're content with the lowest seat.
Now, this is a hidden greatness. This is when you had that hint that the, it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my Father. What is the Lord looking for in those two seats? More than drinking the cup, more than the baptism. To be like Christ. It's a hidden greatness. Now, one thing about when it says servant, you must be your servant, must be your slave. Something needs to be clear about this. Every mom knows this. If you were to measure your days, it's spent in service to those little packages of original sin, if you believe in original sin, and I don't. But they're still awful. And they don't have a clue. And moms serve them. Now, what's interesting about, there are two kinds of moms. Those that serve them, as they ought to, because that's their job, because these immature little minds are walking around on their own recognizance and they shouldn't be allowed to. And then there are mothers who do what their children tell them. That's a dark, dark situation. The inmates run the asylum. We're not asking you to be a servant to others as if that made them the Lord of your service. That doesn't make them Lord of your service. This is like Christ. I have the passage in John 13 when he had washed their feet. This is also during the Passion Week taken his garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so, am, for so I am. If then I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I've given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Being a servant to somebody does not mean they are in charge of you but that your life gives them things from your store of capabilities because you're there to serve them with these good things. Whatever you have to give. You remember the apostles at the beautiful gate, silver and gold, have I none? But what I have give I you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, stand up and walk. You give what you got. Because we come to serve. And, and you all, your moms know this. Hostesses and homes know this. Fathers know this. You know that when you have somebody over, you don't just say, okay, when they come through, the guests come through the door, you hand them little badges and little crowns, and they get to command you left and right, not knowing what goes on in your house or what is available to eat. No, you give them what you have got to give them. You serve them with the good you possess. This is not denying the standing still exists. It did not make Christ not their Lord, not their teacher. He was. But Christianity is different than the operations of earthly kingdoms. You get ahead in your job by working hard and getting promoted by the rules of the job. You did the job better than other people, you get promoted. 
Christianity is a little different than the authority systems of this world. We need the Gentiles to lord it over one another. In the Luke account right below, he said, the king of the Gentiles exercised lordship over them, and those in authority over them are called benefactors. Even back in those days, the kings had nicknames and part of their title, Antiochus IV Epiphanes. Uh, I think it was Antiochus III Soter, savior. Uh, just a great, you got to come up with the nickname. There was um, Ethelred the Unready, uh, which was a mistake. Um, it wasn't like Ethelred um, was unready. It was a derivation that we think of our word unready, but unread, which is not a compliment either. It's not very hard. Whereas um, Hardrada of Norway was hardraid, you know, tough guy. Unraid was not tough guy. You'd like to get a nickname. I'm sure I can work on one for you. Give me time, five bucks. You might get called Skippy at the end, but... Uh, The world has its rewards. If you're in the world, if you are a ruler of the Gentiles, yeah, they call you benefactor. That's great. So-and-so the great. Yeah. But in the church, in the people of God, we have a master. Our God, our Lord, as it says there in the John passage, a servant is not greater than his master. He came to serve, give himself as a ransom for many. Give his life as a ransom. Many husbands, what does it ask of you to do? Love your wives as Christ loved the church and, in case you missed the point, gave himself for her. We got some service on our plate because of Easter. The situation in the John 13 passage. Remember the, how Peter takes to the uh, actions? Christ's going to down to, he's not big on it. No, you shall never wash my feet, blah, blah. You know, basically lets you know that this service that Jesus Christ is giving the disciples is not because Peter commanded him to wash his feet. Peter wasn't in charge. Our hearts towards one another, our hearts of service is in charge. We are being like our master, Jesus Christ. Our master is not the person I am serving. They're like guests. They're objects that we serve. But we serve the commands of our Lord. There's a... Uh, statement in the Luke passage. This is... a. Uh, Luke 22, there at the bottom, a dispute also arose among them. And it seemed like this is a slightly different point of the conversation. This is not the mother, the wife of Zebedee. This is not that conversation. But it's close at hand. There's a very, there's a number of these. There's the foot washing and the, uh, the little children right before the Passion Week. And the Lord has to get really upset at them for pushing the children away. Unless you become like a little child. 
It's kind of a lesson we need to hear over and over again. Which of them was to be regarded as the greatest? And he said to them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those in authority over them are called benefactors. But not so with you. Rather, let the greatest among you become as the youngest and the leader as one who serves. Now, leave it to evangelicalism. They will they'll make that icky. Servant leadership. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, the phrase is right there in biblical. The leader as one who serves, right? Servant leadership. It's recommended to pastors. It's recommended to husbands and parents. I'm touching on a lot of the good things. I, I don't like the phrasing because I, I suspect it. It just doesn't feel as poetic to me. Because as we were talking about what this is, this says Christ, Lord of the universe, maker of heaven and earth. How is he going about it? He is not being there when it says servant leadership. I just get a suspicion there's too much uh, obeying those that are being served. We can use the passage, use the, use the phrase servant leadership. I, I just I flip it for the sake of keeping it, you might say, fresh, keeping it uh, myself aware what's going on. It's leader servantship. Evan, why do you have to do this? Does it make that big a difference? Well, just maybe for the sake of having your mind think along a different axis as you consider the principle. This is a hard one for us to learn as Christians, that we're not about getting ahead. Even the disciples were about getting ahead. Jesus Christ standing there. You think, well, I wouldn't have a problem. No, James and John, you're far worse than they. You're going to be groveling for a good position and irritated with the rest of the disciples. You didn't think of it first. We struggle with this, the pride of life. Where am I? How great am I? Why don't they recognize me? Leader servantship. We know that a mom is a leader who serves them. We know that a father in the same way. A Christian boss, if he's trying to be Christian in his company, would you, you get a sense of that as well. It's not all, you know, salute the captain and so forth. We know this is a good thing in the church. For which is the greater? Verse 27. One who sits at table or one who serves? Oh, trick question. No, he says, is it not the one who sits at table? Oh, yeah, it is. You're not taking that position. It's still true. That's the hard thing. Jesus tells the sons of Zebedee, yeah, the spots are open. <laughs> Not you. Yeah, the best position is the one who sits at table. Yeah, no doubt. That's what height does for you. You get to go through the buffet line first. Now, I cheated a little bit this year. My wife made cinnamon rolls. I was just scared, and rightfully so, because when I got to the buffet line... At the end, there were no more. 
but my wife had gotten me one. She was third in, pulled out an extra cinnamon roll for the patriarch. Now, there are benefits, right? There are benefits. You can't deny it. Standing will be awarded you in the church, in the body, in, within us. We have to learn how Christ came to earth. He was God, God in, in himself. He didn't need to do any of this. Things would be fine. He could just say, okay, we're not going to forgive him. We're not going to die for him. There's no obligation to do so. <coughs> it wasn't a debt he was paying. And he did this as an example that we should be like, even as the Son of Man did this. It's hard. He says, is it not the one who sits at table? Yes, Lord, it is. Then he says, but I am among you as one who serves. Now, what are you going to do with that? We know a lot of different Christians. We have a very open house. People come over a lot. And there are people who are kind in service, people who enjoy being served. No problem with being enjoy being served. I enjoy being served. We have to be aware of these qualities in ourselves. And it's not merely does someone, you know, get you some punch, get you a glass of water when they think you might need it. That's nice to do. But we have maybe quite a few other things to give. Christ gave himself as a ransom. He washed their feet. Very basic hospitality act, right? What you did in the Old Testamenty times, the New Testamenty times. But once we know there's a place of greatness, we can't take our eyes off it. We're trying to draw a line between ourself and having it. It's a straight line. When people know that the winning lottery ticket is in their town, they're trying to draw a straight line between where they're standing and that lottery ticket. They want it to be theirs. We want certain things for ourselves. We're asked not to do that. We let the people who are, you might say, it says of God the Father, it, it's for those it was been prepared for by the Father. Not for those who can follow their own lust for the position to get at it. He is one who serves among us. We are to be one who serves among us. What are you indignant by? Two years ago, what was it, Rene Girard? It was a big thing two years ago. Everybody was Girardering this mimetic desire. Anybody remember that? Everybody was talking about it. Basically, it's a fancy way of saying envy. Envy makes the world go round. And that's what happens. We're not happy that somebody else asked first. 
We're indignant. Ten disciples out of twelve are indignant at the two that did what they shouldn't have done. You know? There's a passage, I have it here in the reference uh, um, in, in the Mark 10 passage. Mark 10, where is my Bible? Mark 10. It's a little earlier than the ambition passage. This is Mark 10. These, all these things are stacked together. Um, and they're bringing children to him that he might touch them. And the disciples rebuked them. And when Jesus saw that, that, and when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said, the, said to them, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. There's something about what you do about yourselfness, how important yourself is to you, how much of a narcissist, how much of a sociopath, how much of a you know, me first person are you? Because the disciples indignant, the same idea, they were indignant that they hadn't thought of this get ahead move before Mrs. Zebedee. Jesus is indignant that they don't understand that children are the are our future. Now, children have got a mindset that knows their inferiority, their humility, and you need to know yours. You need to know your place of service. Your master set the pattern. In... Uh, our temptation to be envious of everybody else's actions that are the, the basic question, what do you want? What do you want? Are you looking around at who's getting ahead here and who's getting what positions of note? We got a pretty informal church. We're not, you know, we don't have <laughs> positions of power. So, you know, it's easy to avoid it. But I would still want you to be thinking about your own hearts on this. We have That obligation, I love it, at the end of John, after the resurrection, John uh, 21, it says that in my, um, John, now this is John of the James of John, one of the sons of Zebedee, and he's writing this, and, and Peter turned and saw following them the disciple whom Jesus loved, John, who had lain close to his breast at the supper and said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Oh, that's just such a dicey question. Oh, we, 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 we're always comparing. We're envying, or at least comparing. If we can't get the position, we want to be sure that you know everything's equal, right? Everybody pays their fair share. Everybody gets what's coming to them, right? Or what about that guy? Peter's probably a little insecure, you know. He does a lot. He follows Jesus with kind of a lot of verve. But John probably is closer to Jesus. When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? 
follow me. Oh, okay. Peter needed to think a little bit more about what Peter was doing. Peter needed to think a little bit more about, Peter, your walk with Christ is your walk with Christ. If John has a walk with Christ that is benefiting John in a way you didn't get, so follow me. This is something that maybe if you have a chance to read through the Gospels in the near future, that we don't pay ample enough attention to. It's done in a strong way. This is the strength of Christ, that I, I'm God incarnate and I'm coming down to serve you. I'm coming down to die for you. And how much of this is our Christian life? Says it in 1 Peter, you know, be done with it. Talks about being subject to the state in 1 Peter 2. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all respect, not only to the kind and gentle, but also to the overbearing. For if the one is approved, if mindful of God, he endures pain while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it when you, if when you do wrong you are beaten for it for you to take it patiently? But if when you do right and suffer for it you take it patiently, you have God's approval. Now here's the key part for Easter. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you. Oh, even as the Son of Man came not to serve, but to be, to serve, be served, but serve, and give his life, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. Famous book, In His Steps, from I forget what year that was written. What would Jesus do? This is the thing. You will serve. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but he trusted to him who judges justly. Now, it tells us to be like our Lord. In his Easter gift, if you will, it says, I want to be an Easter Christian not someone who's all worked up about the, the passion and the writhing agony of the cross, but the motive that made his gift righteous. He loved, he served, he died, and we're supposed to be, be here loving, serving, and dying, ready to do it for our wives, ready to do it for our children, ready to do it for our fellow Christians, the enemies in front of us, as well as our neighbors. Happy Easter. Let's thank God. Dear Lord, we're grateful that you walked this way in front of us. Help us to think on it, at least begin to think on it, Lord, that we don't want to be creating a different kind of advancement in your kingdom that isn't part of your kingdom, that we would do it this kingdom way, as you did it, we are grateful. Bless our families today, Lord. In your son's name, amen.